Welcome to the Tiny Box Dialogues. This series was created to share the knowledge of our experts using real examples from real people with real stories. This podcast is a discussion about suicide. If you find the content uncomfortable or triggering, please reach out for support. It is okay to not be okay, but there is support for you. If you're in the UK, search your postcode on hubofhope.co.uk for local support numbers. For the rest of the world, use findahelpline.com and you'll find support there. Thank you. Welcome to Tiny Box Dialogues. Today we are speaking to Matthew Steins all the way from Christchurch, New Zealand, and we are discussing the critical topic of suicide prevention. Now, Matthew is a self-described Kiwi finance guy who moved from one side of the spectrum to the other to work in suicide prevention. Now, this is a serious topic. Um, he witnessed a suicide, lost a friend to suicide, and has experienced his own struggles with mental health. So I don't want to make light of the situation, but I'm, of course, I'm very happy to have you here, Matthew. I think you're creating an open, honest, and empathetic space. And I'd love you to describe a little bit of your journey on getting here, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah. Hello. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so you've kind of you've 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 started the story for me. Um, yeah. Sort of. Uh, yeah. Going through a, a tough time and witnessing those things is you know sort of starts everyone off on I think everyone off on a journey to do something about it. Um, my journey to wellness is really, um, yeah, looking to try and well, was looking to try and find out as much as I could about suicide prevention and how the workplace impacts that. Um, my background's in corporate treasury and management consulting, so I'm used to data and technology to really inform decision making. And I guess my kind of curious mind and and you know uh, trying to solve problems was really uh, uh, you know uh, at the core of it. So, oh god, it'd be about. Four years ago now, um, when I was in the UK, you know, doing my thing, um, I founded Stigma Statistics to enable suicide prevention through data and technology, and it was kind of seemed like a, a good place to start. Um, you know, we started with something called uh, Real Time Suicide Surveillance, which is, uh, you know, cutting a very long story short, um, if the coroner allows um, a post when there's a sudden death, that that information can be shared with local authorities, local public health, bereavement support, mental health trusts and, and, and foundations, et cetera, to really um, provide timely support for the bereaved and better prevention and intervention strategies. Um, now, it's fucking hard dealing with local authorities and in this space trying to do anything um, innovative. Yeah. So, you know, that was that kind of felt like banging my head against a wall. And so kind of since then, um, you know, with all the advent of Internet of Things technologies and, and sensors and, and things like that, we've kind of moved on to um, suicidal behavioural monitoring technology. And as of um, last week, the week before, we've deployed it um, to um, uh, an undisclosed location uh, in, in the UK. Um, and so we, we know that uh, behaviour leading up to a suicide generally follows a pattern. So our technology picks that up and alerts to services. So that's one piece of, of, of what we're doing. Um, so alongside all that, uh, in my last role um, in, in the corporate world, uh, you know, I set up the Mental Health and Wellbeing Strategy uh, and, and Wellbeing Champions Network for Ernst & Young in the UK and Ireland. Mm -hmm. So that was really a good chance to, um, you know, try some things, set some things up and, and build networks and, and whatnot. 
-hmm. now working in professional services is is quite hard trying to make change with that sort of thing there's you know there's it's a it's a partnership you've got some fairly strong personalities and, and things like that so it's, it, was, it was very interesting to to get things done there and since i've left i understand a lot of the initiatives we put in have been rolled out against the world so i'll take that as job well done um so right broke the shackles of corporate life which you know you and i've always talked about um and the first thing i wanted to do is to be able to provide something tangible for workplaces to um you know understand their their risks and 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 what more they can be doing with well-being a lot of uh businesses we spoke to yeah just really didn't know what to do so the first thing we created um was uh, a workplace well-being rating assessment it's called safer and supported you know yeah. my whole career is you know being about what gets measured gets done so we provide that rating and then help companies uh, move to a five or you know in some cases we just actually provide them with the framework in the first instance so okay so we'll yeah. come i want to get deeper into that because i, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. a lot of information in five minutes so we're going to come back to that let, let i want to take us back a little bit to start from the perspective that's shifting because one of the statistics that you shared with me early on which really astounded me was that one in four men contribute suicide in the uk alone which means that we all know somebody who struggled with this particular topic right i mean i know to myself one almost succeeded and i guess the the thing that i remember very distinctly when robin williams died there was a very big dialogue around you can't commit suicide you are suffering from mental health it's like another disease you've succumbed to the disease so what i wanted to ask you uh, before we get deeper into the behavioral science behind it is you know do you think the perspectives are changing on this because that's also where people are going to open their doors to your technology because it's still a little bit taboo right to discuss yeah well look there's there's a few things there right so yeah. if we take you know the word commit is really if it's a crime or a sin right mm -hmm. well it hasn't been in the crime in the UK since the 60s i think um okay. so you don't say you don't say committing suicide it's you know they mm -hmm. died by suicide or attempting suicide to kind of take that take that word out yeah, wow. I think it was, I've got 65 in my head, but please don't quote me on that one. Um, <laughs> but around the world, there's there's different kind of things about whether it's it's legal or not. There's things around insurance and how that covers. Um, the other really interesting thing to dive in is that for a coroner to conclude it's a suicide verdict, most countries have it beyond all reasonable doubt. So a lot of suicides don't actually get, well, so a lot of sudden deaths don't get classified as a suicide because of that. Um, in the UK, okay. there was, right. yeah, so, and then it kind of gets either classified as an open verdict or sort of a narrative. Most open verdicts are classified as, as a suicide. Mm -hmm. um, in the UK, however, that was changed to balance of probabilities. Was it last year or the, the year before on kind of a court, uh, court case? So that kind of opens up, you yeah. know, more support, more understanding and, um, yeah, sort of takes the, the taboo away from it. You've done some deep research in this, so I love that you can throw those things out there. So thanks for sharing. Um, I guess then, you know, one of the things that we say in this dialogue and the description is that it's all of our responsibility and we all need to do something about it. And I do want to get to the business side of it, but I really want to make sure that we clearly state right up front, how can the people in our audience help somebody who's struggling with this or how can they even identify it? So could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So kind of the main things is to watch for kind of changes in behavior and 
kind of erraticness, I guess. Well, uh, so it might be, you know, someone's changing diet, changing sleeping habits, you know, they might be irritable, but it's kind of a change from their behavior is really a sign of kind of mental health, um, you know, potential mental health challenges. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's, there's a sort of a, a common myth that if you ask someone about suicide, that it's, you know, going to put it in the head. Well, actually, no, if you're worried about someone and you have that right, the conversation yeah. with them, you can ask them directly. Um, I think that the research shows that, you know, someone before they make it a suicide attempt will generally reach out once whether, you know, and how, how uh, uh, sort of, um, I'm going to say aggressive that ask is, or, you know, how much they actually reach out, it, it depends. So, yeah. you know, watching for that behavior is, is, a, is a really key thing and, and, and having that conversation, ask someone directly. Um, I'll throw out. That because that's I'll, not the advice that you get. That's not the common understanding of it, is it? No, so the thing is, you're not meant to talk about it in the media. So there's a way you can you talk about it. You're not meant to say that it was a suicide and yeah. where and how. But you, if, you, if you're worried about someone, you can ask them that question because it shows that you care and worried about them. Now, I'll, I'll throw out some awesome resources in, um, in the UK. So there's the, um, uh, so Zero Suicide Alliance have um, some suicide awareness training. And it's like it's, well, they change it all the time, but it's about a 20 minute kind of web video where it goes through some scenarios of how to have those conversations. I think, you know, I think absolutely everyone should do that. Um, the other things, if you're looking for support, there's a, a gain in the UK uh, called Hubba Hope. So if you want to look up for help resources for yourself or for someone else, because mm-hmm. as a part of that support process, you might want to say, hey, you know, should we call someone? Um, and, and then you'll have those research resources there. The other one I want to shout, shout out to is uh, called Ripple Suicide Prevention. And that's a browser plugin. So if people are searching for, um, uh, you know, anything suicide related that'll pull up um, some some help resources and things. So there's some cool things happening in the space to be able to support everyone. But yeah, have those conversations and, and um, yeah. Support I'm really people. happy to hear that because when I hear statistics like there's more money that goes into solving the issue of erectile dysfunction than there is mental health, even though it affects 10 times more men, that really worries me, right? I mean, okay, both have issues that they need to be dealt with. Come on, we need some more investment in mental health, right? So what, one of the, like, I love this idea that we can ask for help. We can ask them if they need help. There are resources for both sides of the coin. So that's fantastic. Um, so safer and supported, lead me through that. What, because I love the, I love the name, safer and supported is very clear what you're trying to do. Uh, where did that come about? And where are you hoping it will help? Because you, you mentioned that it's based on behavioral science. So if you can describe a little bit more about how that's being used. Oh, sorry, I'll probably just be clear. So the safer and supported yeah. stuff is kind of, we've, we've, we've pulled out, you know, different things from health and safety, from other regulation around the world and, and kind of what makes up good workplace wellbeing. So it covers five areas, uh, leadership and management, data and communications, healthy lifestyle management, healthy mm-hmm. working environment, mental health support and management. So how it works oh, is wow. mm-hmm. we do, um, you know, a questionnaire, um, and if you're saying stuff, please provide us that information, policies, you know, have a resources, trainings, whatever it is. Yeah. And so we'll go through um, and we'll look through all of that and we provide a big, what well, might be a big report, uh, sort of signposting to content, you know, uh, editing that stuff and suggesting other things that, that, that organisations could have in the toolkit. And it's really about ensuring there's a strong foundation in a business um, 
you know, from communicating and surveying your staff to having those support resources there with, with training. Um, and then we'll in organizations, is it just a certain size of organization that doesn't have this kind of support in place or it's not effective? Um, really like, interesting. So, yeah. I mean, let's take, let's pick construction, for example. So yeah. construction has two suicides every day and that's only the tip of Why? the iceberg. But I'm going to call them out because they're heavily health and safety focused. If we do what we've always done, we're going to get the same result. We need to do more in the well-being space. That's not necessarily government, you know, government legislation, legislation uh, led. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's good. Um, uh, so, um, you know, there's that kind of thing. But yeah. really, where we're targeting with safer and supported is kind of anywhere from, you know, around that 20 employee mark where you where you kind of going past having just having conversations uh, yeah. to any company up to perhaps where you start to have a health and safety or a well-being lead. Because oh, um, the whole thing, we want this to be tangible, you know, that they can actually action it. And it's not a tick box exercise. We hate that kind of rubbish. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think you hit it, the nail on the head. In, in Germany, we call it Mittelstand. It's these growing companies that don't necessarily have the function yet but need the support because they're growing at a, a rate that they 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 recognize they need those kind of uh, procedures in place or resources in place. So that's fantastic. So is it like um, a plug and play kind of uh, a tool or so they well, can yeah, we're, well, yeah, it's like we're 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 still fairly early on with the the, mm -hmm. the tech journey in, in that space. Okay. Um, so it's quite quite we'll call it quite manual. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look to enhance that as we grow. And look, we've had, um, it's, it's going really well in New Zealand. I think we're up to about 25 companies we've put through since I've been back because um, mm -hmm. there's, there's a huge opportunity there. Um, I don't know if you want me to dive into the, the behavioural stuff with our suicidal behaviour monitoring but yeah, that's the, the, the stigma statistics you're talking about now, right? Yeah, I do yeah. want to talk about that because I want to talk about the science backing behind it and the fact that you do come from a, a very tech kind of uh, platform. Like, you know, you love statistics. I know you love statistics. And I think stigma statistics is very clear that we're trying to overcome a stigma that's attached to this mental health issue. Um, so why not? Let's let's dive into it. So you've explored behavioral science behind this. Um, you know, give us a give us a rundown. You kind of did at the beginning, but Let's go go deeper into that. And I realize that you've tried this in the UK where I met you and you're having, um, you know, a lot of barriers in terms of the regulations and dealing with government bodies and the public bodies, but you've developed something that works, right? Yeah, well, it's very, very close to, uh, you know, very early stage. So, yeah, look, so we were, yeah, as a game part of that kind of, you know, um, hunger for for solving the problem and looking at everything we can do and and using that tech and kind of take away the the, the human intervention um well there still needs to be a human intervention but so um uh i connected with some researchers who had watched hours of cctv footage of suicide incidents in the tube oh wow um, in the rail i mean fucking that's that's quite that's quite intense um doing that so and they picked up patterns of how people move around pre, you know that kind of pre-suicidal behavior and it's kind of i'll call it i'm calling it a level of kind of aggra aggravation or agitation um so there'll be a lot of pacing up and down or back and forth from the platform or moving around these kind of things so moving in a way that you wouldn't expect someone to be moving in in, in, in those environments mm -hmm. so so ultimately, you know, our tech is, is, is really pattern matching. So we're looking for um, behavior that you wouldn't expect in that environment. So 
um, staying in an environment by themselves longer than anyone else. Um, yeah, it's that kind of lingering time of day, um, you know, these kind of things. And, and obviously we're going to continue to learn because machine learning will be a, a huge part of it. Some of the, you know, talking about some of the kickback, I think, from this is, oh, but you're monitoring us. Well, actually, um, we're not looking for people who are just going about the usual day. We don't, we don't even pick that up. Um, right. we, we also don't identify individuals. We're just, so in this first instance, it's, it's identifying a device that's acting in a way that may require intervention. And, and the kind of interventions will be if the CCTV there, um, and, uh, an alert goes to the CCTV, operator to move their camera to check what that person's doing and then then there may be an action so you know our things about enabling that prevention but we still um, need to kind of understand about that and um, yeah look trying to <laughs> trying to convince and work with uh, local authority information governance and, and, and things is yeah that's bloody hard work because it's you know we don't fit into the their form that they have for this kind of stuff and and it's um it's death by process here. Um, it really starts to wear you down. And so, you know, for us, getting funding for this is is bloody hard work. And getting that kind of approval is really hard work. And, you know, there's slowly changes happening, but the, the focus is more on, it's, it's almost that doing what we always do or more of what we always do in terms of supporting the, the existing charities. Um, well, you which, know, I find it really uh, conflicting because it's, you know, this, this question of you're monitoring us. I mean, there's the argument that everyone's being monitored all the time. If you have a cell phone, it's a given, right? If we are doing something good with the data that we're collecting, then clearly wouldn't that be a benefit? But I, I see very clearly, and you've mentioned this before, that there are barriers to innovation in this space, right? Do you see that people are trying to overcome this or there are companies or the public forum is trying to overcome this? Yeah, look, I've, my, my whole thing's like the, the, the burning platform. If you don't like the platform on, light it on fire and move to the other one. So there are other organisations like your Ripple Suicide Preventions, like your, your, you know, your Hub of Hopes and Chasing Stigma, who we're trying to come together to create that. However, you know, I've tried to raise money in this space and no one wants to raise, no one wants to fun suicide prevention because it's not sexy and you're not going to get your 10x um however with the new behavior monitoring stuff that might be different but you know it's really a lot of the stuff is they're like oh it's you know we've got to have evidence backed um sort of innovation well help us get that evidence give us the opportunity give us a give us a sandbox or a sand pit to plan to do this it's the chicken and egg situation, Matthew. Which came first? If you want the evidence, then you're going to have to let us do it. <laughs> yeah, and and don't just give us a small amount of money because you won't be able to get anything, you know, <laughs> with yeah. that. And um, you know, the other thing around this is I've found it really in challenging to engage with academics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them hold positions because their piece of research provided them with a, you know, funding source, and they don't want to upset that. Equally, ac uh, academics charge a lot of money to get that evidence based, and that and the funding for these things just doesn't even cover it. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost I'm calling them out as well. <laughs> Why not? I guess the thing that I hope is happening, um, you know, knowing all the challenges that you're dealing with, etc., 
what I hope is happening, there are more people in the space who have been through what you've been through, not in a, like, God forbid, but if they have, then they're going to be more willing to give money to this kind of research, right? So I feel like if we can put out there the statistics of one in four, that means somebody in your circle has contemplated suicide. Did you know that? Have you asked them? Are you? And then we'll start to see a, maybe a shift happening, right? Is that the more that we can get people to recognize this as a deeper issue, perhaps that will help st stimulate the change. Yeah, I think all the conversations, <laughs> the, all, the, all the conversations that are happening now mm. is kind of, you know, really in the mental health space. Suicide's, suicide's a different problem mm. uh, to deal with. There are good things happening and look, there are, you know, the wheels are moving. They're just not moving as fast as I want them to. And, you know, certainly we're going to go, we're going to continue to invest and uh, develop uh, our suicidal behaviour monitoring. And we're looking at a new project okay. uh, in New Zealand actually taking into account um, other technology like radar and sensors to pick up wow. not only uh, pose, but breath patterns, heartbeat and kind of all the other things around it. Um, so yeah, there's, there are some exciting opportunities. I mean, the fact that our technology can save, could save a life. Well, I think it can save a lot more. And, and that's really what, that's what keeps me going through the, uh, the roller coasters of, uh, of entrepreneurship. Well, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, let's do a little bit of the predict the future, right? Uh, what are your next steps in this journey? I mean, where do you think it's heading? And like you've done this big move from the UK to New Zealand. So I anticipate that there's probably differing perspectives from that as well. So why don't we start with that? Where, you know, what was the perspective shift that you saw? And then let's talk a little bit about where we think this is heading. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, so in the UK, what, what, what's lacking in some areas is coming together and working as kind of that multi-agency, bring all the people together, get them on the same page, Right. And there's so many different stakeholders that that's it's taking a long time and information governance is a thing. Um, however, and I suppose the other thing, it's a saturated market with all these things going on and, you know, various mental health and suicide prevention things. Mm -hmm. Come back to New Zealand and it's it's been quite interesting because now, because I have UK experience and I'm doing this thing in the UK, kind mm -hmm. of um, boosts my kind of credibility, I think. And yeah. um, I guess... There's no one else doing this in New Zealand. So it kind of all the experiences I've had leads to, you know, I think really solid um, kind of initiative bases. And um, so, yeah, our, our, our kind of predicting the future, if you will. I want to not only focus on that um, identifying suicidal behavior. A lot of the sites that we work in, people can't get there quick enough. Mm -hmm. um, so just to touch base on that, you know, someone could. Uh, be suicidal and it happen in like you know seconds or it could be up to you know two hours before they actually uh, you know make, make that um make the, the jump or what have you mm -hmm. um and so i think here is how do we use like maybe even robotic technology or other interventions there that we can get that support to to the person that doesn't require them to perform an action um and so once we get that technology of identifying, we're gonna we're gonna move into that. How do we intervene space, and that that opens a whole other thing of ethics and uh, and, yeah. and and tech. But I, th I think the the technology's there. It's it's um you know how do we don't need to reinvent the wheel. How do we use it and and, and do it in a ethical flash of like a, a series scenario where you know we've got the watches that monitor our heartbeats and the temps and the oxygen in the blood and. Like, you know, you just think, well, yeah, like if somebody 
God forbid, standing on a bridge and you can sense their pulses racing and they've stopped walking. And there's, you know, there's all these factors that could be taken into play from just the watch alone. And then suddenly you've got like a Siri type voice going, are you okay? Do you yeah. need to dial help? Like that's where I'm seeing this vision as you talk about that, like the robotics. I mean, I didn't even consider that, but how is that not already, you know, how is that not already happening or not possible? I remember being on the, um, the was it Golden Gate Bridge? And, you know, it's one of those things that if you're, if you're not feeling this way, you don't even consider it. And then you get to the bridge and on every single post on that bridge is a, are you considering suicide? Please call this number now. And it's on the bridge, yeah? And so I just, I just feel like, how have we not, you know, we've got so much great technology. There's so much happening out there in terms of monitoring. Surely, surely this is possible already, right? Yeah. And I love that you're driving towards that. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. You know, there's the Samaritan, um, you know, Samaritans do a great job, but yeah, why do we need a sticker? Let's put this tech in. And, um, you know, it, it exists. Some of this tech already exists in like domestic abuse where, um, people will have monitors or alerts or these things like that. It is happening in that space. I suppose it comes back to, well, not, I'm not saying domestic abuse is sexy, but suicides that last, well, that's a really hard one. How do we address it like that? And um, yeah, I'm really confident that we keep pushing ahead and we can save a lot of lives. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and I think, you know, um, having a purpose-led uh, startup is always the way. I'm really convinced of it. Everybody I talk to that's passionate about what they're doing, as you know, we talked to Sam Gibson-Massey just a couple of weeks ago about his tech, which is the Hope platform, also to matchmake therapists with people. So it's a, it's like the level before, I would hope, yours, that people are reaching out for help before we get to your your platform. But it looks like people are taking care of each each step in the chain, which is really really welcome to find out and when when you talked about New Zealand I see this being your petri dish almost like you've got all this world information and now you can you can let it brew there and grow it there and then expand it out through the world that would be fantastic <laughs> yeah that's, that yeah that that kind of I like that petri dish yeah kept bringing it back and starting it. but just to you know to comment on like what Sam's doing as well it's great to have you know the different initiatives but we all need to work together it's you know mental health dynamic and it's a journey and we need to be connected in, in the space and it's not and not work in silos. So I know yeah, that you wanted to leave our audience with a couple of um, things. So I I'm going to bring it back to the beginning about what can you do as the audience um, if you feel that somebody might need help. And uh, Matthew, you had like five steps that you had mentioned to me. I hope you have them at hand because I will read them out for you if not. Uh, but I really want to make sure that people have this because it's not just about the technology and the innovation. It really is about saving lives. And, you know, somebody within your circle has probably contemplated it. So it's important that people know how to deal with that. So if you have them on hand, it'd be great if you can share some yeah. of your but well, I mean, the key things are that you know really watch out for 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 changes and or drastic changes in behaviour, you know, eat, sleep, and sort of uh, attitude, uh, work patterns, etc. You know, and if if you do notice that, just have a really open and honest conversation with them. I guess choose the language, but starting with that, you know, how are you, and 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 really ask ask it again uh, to find that out. Because it can be awkward, but you always say do it anyway, right? Yeah, it's like right. conflict. Do don't, it. Just, don't just do the you're right mate I, I was put, put off by that but yeah ask how you are twice and then 
have a really open and honest conversation about that. Say you care about them, you notice these changes. And then if you still are you know, worried about them, you can ask them directly if they are considering suicide. Okay. Um, it doesn't, it's not going to put the idea in their head. And then from there, really, you know, you can support them through um, getting them on a helpline or what have you. So check out the Hub of Hope for, to get the local helplines. Um, and kind of, I guess the other thing is before that is, is doing the Zero Suicide Alliance awareness training and it kind of helps run through those scenarios. Yeah, I but think yeah, really, fantastic. Yeah. Is that five? Is that only four? I can't remember what the fifth one was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fifth one was just ask what you can do and listen. Because yes. I think that's always we always want to solve problems, right? I think that was the big point was we always want to solve it for somebody, but actually what we really need to do is just listen to what they have to say. Right? Correct. Yeah, it's that um, everyone has a different experience. So just don't try and project your experience onto them. Just try and ask questions and open questions and be there and listen to support yeah. them. Um, we, we can all do this. <laughs> well, I like what you said at the beginning. And I think that's where I'll wrap this up is I like what you said at the beginning. This is something that is everyone's problem and everyone needs to be part of the solution, right? I mean, that's just... I think that summarizes everything brilliant that you had to say. And I love that you're working on both sides of this with the statistics and also with the safer and supported platform. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure there's lots that people can take away from what we've just discussed. Thanks for having the statistics on hand to share with us and, and the history of how this is going and also your experience in trying to push it forward. Really wonderful. So thank you so much, Matthew. And for everybody um, listening, or if you are interested, the audio will be um, shared on Spotify, the video will be shared on YouTube and information on where to find Matthew and follow him and see what he's doing in this space will be underneath both of those. So thanks so much for joining. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Tinybox Academy. For more information, visit us at tinybox.academy.